As you roll along With the sun on your back You might go astray And run off the track When that sun goes down You might fall into a funk So always keep a ukulele in your trunk Always keep, always keep a ukulele A ukulele in your trunk Lay in your trunk That's what I say, that's what I say don't fill that space with tires and junk Always keep a ukulele in your trunk Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This is the Ukulele Video Playlong Podcast, the podcast where I talk about ukulele playlongs and I talk about other things. Now, I'm dealing with a little different setup tonight. I'm in our basement. It's New Year's Eve. Uh, the boys are upstairs actually camping out on the living room floor with an inflatable mattress. And my wife is headed to bed, and I've taken a time to just film one last video podcast before the end of the year. Now, let's just talk about gear for a second. I'm using my Bonanza. You can see the Bonanza up there. My Bonanza Amoeba ukulele. And it is a tenor size, although someday I may also order a concert size. Bonanza is a ukulele manufacturer of a husband and a wife team. The husband does all the manufacturing work. His wife gets to test them out and deals with all the business side of it generally. And wonderful couple up in Big Falls, Minnesota. And they've been making ukuleles for a number of years, uh, three or four, and really uh, amazing uh, approaches to what he's doing. So uh, Pete Mai, who's the the, the husband of the team, Pete and Shelley Mai. Uh, Pete is a carpenter. That's what he's done his whole life and generally uh, invented a thing called the Corner King, which is kind of a lazy Susan for your corners. And um, so they do full kitchen installs and things like that too. But in his case, um, a few years ago, his wife fell in love with making ukulele, or his wife fell in love with ukuleles actually. And then he started with the idea of making a speaker for her so he could she could plug it in and have it and then she is like well why not just make me ukulele and that's what they've gone ever since so they started off by making ukuleles out of HPL which is the same stuff that Martin uses uh, which is countertop material and then a couple of years ago switched over to wood and now they've been doing all sorts of innovative stuff so if you know Pops uh, from Koaloha he's very innovative in the ukulele world and Pete Mai is just coming up with stuff. So basically, uh, Pete CNC's an entire piece of wood, and they're sustainable wood. So this isn't koa. This one happens to be black walnut and um, aspen on the front. It looks a little bit like spruce, but it's aspen. And it has, I think, a mahogany neck. Uh, these used to be made by uh, or imported by mainland ukuleles, but Pete is now starting to make his own necks, too. And he's been making fretboards for a while, but uh, if you buy New Mainland, you can get a fully uh, created one CNC routered uh, by by Pete Mai. It's pretty amazing. And this shape is really wonderful. It's really comfortable to hold and play. And it I'll just say it right off the bat, it's my most comfortable ukulele to play, which is why I'd like a, a concert size in it. It also has really nicely sculpted um, sides and edges, and very comfortable to hold, and it's just wonderful, wonderful manufacturer work. And it has some bracing across. This one, Pete was still using, um, trying to remember what this is called, 
I can't remember what the um, this material is called that he uses for the nut and Corian. There it is. It's uh, he, use, he uses Corian, which again is a countertop material for the nut and the saddle, which works just fine. I mean, it has the same properties of, of a buffalo bone or, or other bone, but he was also using that in these. So this one has a Corian brace, but I think he's to wood now. And uh, the other thing he's been doing lately is he makes layers of this. So he cuts out one piece, and it's all one piece. Then there's another perfectly cut out piece that goes on top, and we call it the Oreo. And um, he also just started making necks, and he can also Oreo the neck, which would give it actually more stability and strength. Although with a ukulele, it typically doesn't have the tension or anything. And the action, I'll see if I can, again, if you're listening to this on the audio, that's not going to help you. But the action is wonderful too, and Shelly makes sure that the action is perfect. And so Pete always lets Shelly test them for a while. So this is my Bonanza tenor. And we, our school also has a special commission tenor. Oh, and then the strap. While Shelly Mai also makes straps, um, and I love Shelly straps, I have a number of them. This is a strap from a company called Uke Straps on Facebook. That's the only place to order them. And all these straps are about $20. It's a one inch, which is my favorite width for a strap. And by the way, every Bonanza comes with a strap button there and a strap button on the bottom. So again, if you're listening, a strap one on the heel of the ukulele, and this is kind of in the back left-hand side for right-hand player, and also on the bottom. Now, the amoeba shape has a cutout for right-hand player, but Pete has also done other things where he would flip that around, and he can flip that around and customize it for the, the owner. So that's pretty amazing. And then for tuning today, as I've talked about lately, this is my Jawoom T2 Smart Tuner highly recommended um, works great on eight string ukuleles works great on baritone works great on standard tuning ukuleles if you have more than one ukulele to tune yeah you can tune it yourself but it's so nice just to be able to go with it and that's kind of where it's at now for my filming today i'm using my iphone with my traditional uh, shure mv88 microphone and i have my ipad on my AirTurn go stand and I've got a few other accessories that I bought for it, which are allowing me to actually see my iPad and film all in one direction. So um, got another Christmas gift for my parents. Uh, there are these quick lock attention, uh, little adapters you can snap so you can move things around. And I put was able to get a second one of those this year. I got my first one last year. So now I can really quickly alternate my go stand to be set up for different set, settings. So if I'm in a, a jam, I can bring two ukuleles and hang one. If I'm in a situation like I'm recording like this, I can set everything up, and it's pretty wonderful. So that's what's going on with gear. So I've covered ukulele. I've covered the strap. I've covered the tuner. I've covered the recording device and the audio device, my iPad Pro my AirTurn Go stand with the Monos mount, my iPhone that I'm recording with. Oh, and then I always use, um, there's a thing called the Glyph, G-L-I-F, that I use for my iPhone mount, and that works really well too. So what I wanted to talk about today at the end of the year is end of the year with play-along videos. And that's been a hobby of mine now for two years. And last year, at the end of 2017, I looked and I said, how many ukulele video longs did I play, make last year? Well, last year, 2017, I created 176. And I didn't really break that down specifically to different categories, but I was pretty amazed. I had started making videos in February of 2017, and by the end of the year, I'd made 176 play-alongs. 
This year, I've gone a little bit more slowly. Um, particularly as school started, I haven't pushed myself as hard. So I'm still making one or two videos a week. And often that requires, and I'll talk about that in a second, often that requires one or two different videos for those one or two videos, if that makes sense. So a single song will result in two different videos or sometimes three, which does uh, slow me down a little bit too. But I've really expanded in what I'm doing, and I'll talk about that too. So not only am I making play-along videos, I'm doing other things. So last year, 176 videos that were play-along videos. This year, only 159. So I'm down a few from the previous year, even with a whole extra month of making videos. But I've added some other things. So um, I did some video reviews, as I've done in the past. I did 10 skill drill videos, which I've used in my own teaching. They're really wonderful. So that's where, uh, with my students, I take away worrying about following a song, which can move at a really fast pace or changing paces, and just as chord changes. Now, that idea really comes from the ukulele boot camp, um, but doing it in a different way. The ukulele boot camp tests all the chords in a certain key that you'd typically play. And incidentally, I made 10 versions of those. So there's one with eight chords, max, then four, then three, two, one, and you can practice those too. So if you want to, you can always go on to the YouTube channel, which is Ukulele Tenor, and you can look up Ukulele Bootcamp, and you should find those different videos, and there's a playlist as well. Well, the skill drills are same basic idea, but only introducing one chord at a time. So once a student... Once you've reached and introduced the C chord and the F chord, then when you add the next chords, there's a skill drill that allows the student just to focus on playing those chords and switching back and forth and playing them in a sequence. And that was really beneficial in my teaching, and I'd recommend it to anyone. And by the way, if you subscribe to Patreon, we'll talk about Patreon later, I've got the first video, actually it's not a video, the first collection of videos organized into a Google Slides presentation for the first five chords, which is almost 100 songs right now with all the videos that we've made in the past couple of years. And you can, those, those skill drills are embedded in that curriculum as well, along with a tutorial video. And I'll probably, now that I've got some other tools, uh, re-record those actual tutorial videos, how to play chords down the road. But for now, I'm pretty happy with things that are going on. Let's see, I also for a while played with some karaoke videos with the idea that maybe teachers wanted to use a song without necessarily having the singer sing. And again, there's a real benefit to having students playing with the music. They know, number one, they're more excited about it. But number two, if you have reluctant singers, and I do sometimes, I'll be honest, because again, in my middle school where I teach, kids have to take music in sixth and seventh grade. And if they're not in band or orchestra, guess where they come? They come to me in choir. Now this year, we have a little different population. So as a result, uh, my students, more than in the past, have wanted to be in choir traditionally, which is good. But there's still a good percentage of kids that if they didn't have to be in my class, they wouldn't be. And I can't really blame them for that, but it's, it's, it's being honest. And so, um, but with a brand new building in our school and the different boundaries, uh, they still haven't hung up our ukuleles. And we have a set of, I think, a total of 71 outdoor ukuleles. 
10 sopranos, 60 tenors. They don't have a concert size. And then one for me that has double pickups in it if I want to hook up um, exterior application to it. But anyway, um, we don't have a hanging system yet for those ukuleles, and hopefully that gets installed over winter break here and I go back. Now, it is New Year's Eve. We have off tomorrow on the 1st, but we're back on school on the 2nd, so I'll get to find out what is in my room that I didn't have before. And my room, and I'm, this isn't complaining, but my room has been the least finished room all year long. Um, they've finally managed to get most of the room buttoned up, but we're still waiting on things like desks and some other things like the ukulele hanging system. Um, I wasn't even able to move into my room until like the day of the school year starting. So whereas other teachers had some time to move in and settle in, um, I, didn't, I didn't even have a floor um, until the actual uh, couple days before school started in my room. I mean, there was a floor, but the, the flooring on top of the floor. So again, it's been a real interesting year and we've been doing a lot of heavy choral stuff so far. And moving into ukulele over the next couple of months will be kind of fun for them, I hope. And I hope they enjoy it. So anyway, long story made longer. That's kind of what's been going on. But I've been using those ukulele skill drills. And as I extend my own teaching, I'll be adding more of those skill drills. Um, so 29 karaoke videos that we've used, um, 21 videos, I counted them separately, that I've created multiple versions. So of, of the 159 videos, 21 of them were also in a second key. So that means that perhaps the original song was in a key that wasn't horrible for a ukulele player, but there'd be a better key that'd be worthwhile going to. So I made one in the original key and then one in a better key. I did that a number of times. Let's see, um, eight just general tutorial videos, including a recent one for the song that I started with, which is Always Keep a Ukulele in Your Trunk. That's by Casper Baby Pants, and I kind of messed up the last uh, finger-picking part. I didn't have it written out. I was just doing it, winging it, so um, I didn't want to retake it multiple times, so that's how I'm going to end it there. But anyway, um, eight tutorial videos, only two additions to my daily 365 project, so I really need to get going on that. And then I think four podcast videos. So this would be the fifth actual video of the Ukulele Video Play Along podcast. So if you're listening to this on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts or on Google Play, thanks for listening. But it's also available on YouTube, so you can, you can watch and, and see what I'm doing as well. Either one is fine. So thank you for paying attention to the video, I'd like to say. Uh, let's see, some other little things that are worthwhile talking about. Um, just so you know, uh, we had three videos that were blocked for uh, this year that I created, and sometimes I wonder if I just shouldn't try uploading right away and seeing if it's blocked, but there were three videos that, um, one is a Beatles tune, Yellow Submarine, another one I'm trying to remember what the other two were. But anyway, those videos are uploaded to YouTube, but I've kept them private because they're blocked. And what happens is publishers generally allow you to use the music now because of YouTube's matching services. It's pretty cool. They, they have an algorithm that says, oh, this is this song from this period of time to this period of time. We recognize that you're using this song, so you can't monetize it. And therefore, the, any, any money that you'd make from this video is going to go back to the... Um, copyright holder, which is totally fair. I mean, it is their music. I mean, and, and that's that's the whole point of it. And all those songs are always available on YouTube by the copyright holder anyway. They're all out there anyway, so they gain any ad revenue. Now, on a side note, that's bad news because then 
my channel as a whole, when I've applied for monetization, and I just reapplied, uh, what happens is YouTube contacts me and says, we're sorry, you can't monetize your channel because you have duplication. Now, unfortunately, that means anything new like this isn't available to be monetized and to have any sort of income with it. So that's kind of a bummer. I'm hoping that YouTube will, will hopefully see some of the other stuff that I've done. Although, again, the playlong videos are the massive part of what I do, but it'd be nice to earn revenue when it's my material, too. So anyway, so three songs are out there, and they're blocked. Um, we've also had weird things where, like, I've made a video a year and a half ago, and suddenly I get a copyright notice that something is being matched, and it's like, okay. Uh, the most recent one of that was La Bamba. The other day in December here, December 23rd, I got an email from YouTube of uh, La Bamba is under copyright. So don't worry, you're not in trouble, but any revenue for for ads, which I don't get any revenue for ads anyway, um, is going back to the copyright holder. Okay, but that's been out more than a year, and it just got matched. That that happens too. We've also seen a weird situation where um, a, a song that was in fair game use, not necessarily pub, not fair use, and definitely not um, in the idea of the public domain, but a song that was being allowed to be used by the copyright holder has suddenly disappeared. Uh, an example of that was um, sorry, Low Rider by War. Um, great song for beginners because it's just the G chord and all you do is play the G chord for the whole song. Well, uh, Dr. Reese and Chris Gilbert both had a version of that that just suddenly got yanked from YouTube and they just said, sorry, the copyright holder isn't allowing us to use this anymore. So suddenly we're like, okay, so what do you do there? And I don't have a really good answer for you, but hopefully someday that changes. And we also do get videos that are blocked that suddenly are unblocked. And I had that with a couple of songs this year, uh, notably Fields of Gold, which I love. I even tried using a couple different versions of it to see if I would be allowed in making a couple of versions of it and didn't have any luck with it. Well, suddenly one day Fields of Gold was allowed. And so then I was able to publish it and people were able to play it. And I know a couple people have seen that video and played it, played it but I even noticed that the Ava Cassidy uh, fan club published it on Facebook, or not Facebook, but uh, Twitter, of retweeting and saying, hey, look, it's, here's here's an Ava Cassidy play-along for you. So um, I might look at some more Ava Cassidy stuff in the future as well. I just love her voice, and uh, without getting too personal, my wife and I's music uh, for our wedding, our wedding song uh, for our first dance, and one of the songs is defined us and our marriage, has been What a Wonderful World, her version of What a Wonderful World. Um, if you haven't heard it, you need to listen to some Ava Cassidy. She was incredible. So um, that's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. So my first video in 2018 was You and I, the Ingrid Michaelson song. And then my last video was Always Keep a Ukulele in Your Trunk, which was on December 27th. So as of today, I'm getting awfully close to 19,000 subscribers. The eventual goal is 100,000. I don't think that's going to happen in 2019. But if you haven't subscribed, please consider hitting the subscribe button. I would love to have a Google Play button to display on my wall in the classroom for my students. That would be incredible. So think about it. Um, the most watched video this last year was from The Greatest Showman. All of my Greatest Showman videos did really well. But Rewrite the Stars had 1.4 million views in 27, or 2018. 
I'm just blown away by that. And overall, the entire channel is getting awfully close to 7 million views. So I feel pretty good about that. The most recently popular song has been Lost Boy, which I, I think was a really successful play-along. Um, and if you haven't listened to Lost Boy, you need to go listen to it. Ruth B is the artist, and it's just her and piano. There might be some other things thrown in, but basically it's very acoustic music, and it translates really well to ukulele. And what I've done with that play-along fits really well with with that song and you could literally then turn off the audio and play along and follow the words and you could be um, quite successful with that. That song works really well and it's Ruth B's genius that, that made that possible because not everybody has an acoustic mind and while you can use ukulele to play just about anything, as always keep a ukulele in your trunk talks about by Casper Baby Pants, um, even though that's true, some acoustic songs just come through, and, and Lost Boy is wonderful. In fact, I need to think about pulling that up for maybe my sixth graders and making a version for them uh, for our spring concert. Side note, I'll just keep that in my mind as we go. Um, so, some other things. Again, because the channel still can't be monetized, any support by Patreon helps. I'll talk about Patreon a little bit later. But I did want to talk about a few of my goals for 2019. Now, expect a lot of the same. I'm going to keep making playlongs. I'm going to keep doing some other things. And I just realized that I missed a major point about the videos that I made this year, which is in July, I think it might have been late June, um, there is a guy by the name of Pete McCarty. He goes by PD Mac. Uh, he has a Weebly. I think it's pdmac.weebly.com. And PD leads the Memphis ukulele flash mob. And he makes song sheets, and he is a wonderful human being. I've had a chance to meet him a number of times, and I have friends that are very good friends with him and so forth. Uh, shout out to Yuxter Brown if he ever watches this, uh, who's another local Minnesotan who um, is a very, very good friend of P.D. Max. Petey's wonderful. Uh, my wife and I took a trip down to Memphis this summer to uh, play along with the ukulele Memphis Flash Mob, which just meets at one of the central barbecues in Memphis once a week. And they have a great time, and it's a great venue, and it's positive, and it's happy, and makes me wish sometimes that I wish lived in Memphis. But Anyway, long story short is PD Mac will occasionally do uh, play-along video or play-alongs online, particularly through Facebook. And actually, that goes back to I'm going to lean over here and pick up my Bonanza. Kind of goes back to Bonanza a little bit. Shelly Mai got into ukuleles up there in Big Falls, and her husband started making her ukuleles, but there was no ukulele club up in Big Falls. Now, there's a couple ukulele groups here in the Twin Cities, but there there is nothing... I mean, Minnesota's a tall state, like a lot of states, and um, there was nothing really around for, for her to play with, and she kind of lamented, Shelly Mai kind of lamented, there's no ukulele groups, and Pete said, well, let's do a virtual one. So... I'll, you know, make the songs or use the songs we're using with the ukulele flash mob and you can, I'll, I'll lead them on Facebook and you can play at home. So Pete's done that a few times. He hasn't done it recently, but he's done that a few times. And um, he did one of those this summer and Pete on every one of his songs lists both standard tuning and baritone tuning for ukulele. And I have one baritone 
that may change in 2019 side side goals right but um i decided you know what the heck i'll pull out the baritone because i've got some guitar experience and you know it's just thinking through different ways um so i picked up the the baritone and i did the play along playing baritone instead of playing standard for the first time i mean i I'd, I'd played baritones and played the chords and basically the shapes are all the same but they all different names so on a baritone your c chord becomes a g chord i mean it you know it's and it's basically the same as a guitar tuning because a baritone is roughly the same as a guitar minus the if you want to think of it, the top two strings that are closest to your body, or if you want to think of it, the two lowest strings aren't on a baritone ukulele. Well, that snapped something in me after playing that, and I was like, gosh, what resources are out there for baritone? And PD Mac has some resources. Robin Giebelhausen includes some things for baritone ukuleles. And I know there are some schools that start kids on standard ukuleles and then switch to baritone and then into guitar, either upper, middle school, or high school. So they actually use the different sizes of ukulele as a transition point. Um, now, I don't necessarily think that you have to do that, but I can certainly understand the logic in doing that. So I was like, what resources are out there for baritone ukulele? And there's not... I mean, there are resources, but when it comes to, like, ukulele play-alongs, guess what all the play-alongs that we've been making are? Are for um, GCEA-tuned ukuleles. And that means that anybody um, in Canada, they just have to, you know, Canada often will use a, um, a higher-tuned ukulele um, in, in their instruction. That means that they can't use it necessarily unless they detune or they try to ignore the names of their songs because then in Canada if you're using the D6 tuning instead of C6 tuning this is no longer a C chord or a G chord it's a D chord um, you know that can be that could be very confusing uh, especially for young players but looking at the United States as a whole GCEA tuning is most common and I believe also most common throughout Hawaii as well where the instrument comes from so I decided, well, I'm going to stick with GCA tuning, but what if I offered baritone tuning? So something changed, and starting with Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride on July 8th, every video that I've made since that time has also had a baritone version. So that does add to the time making videos because it's a complete reworking of fonts. The fonts all have different sizes, so the fonts all have to be resized, and then the boxes that highlight which chord you're supposed to play also get modified. So with all that in mind, um, thanks to PD Mac, thanks to that play along, thanks to my owning one baritone right now, um, I'm now offering baritone resources as well. So what are the goals for 2019? Well, in addition to trying to keep going to this podcast, um, I would like to keep making videos and do some other things. So here are the other things. Number one is every video I make from this point on will have a Google form for making requests. Now I've turned off comments on videos on YouTube for a long time. I just watched Katie Denure. She's at One Music School. Um, I am just, I've always liked what Katie does in this live broadcast um, just I have a whole new appreciation for her, uh, for her. She, she went into a little bit of philosophy and a little bit of religion, a little bit of other things. And her heart is very similar to mine. Um, but anyway, Katie was talking about how she didn't want to go into videos. Her husband kind of 
forced her into it, so she did it. And she's afraid of the comments and the negative comments that would be out there. Well, Katie has found that to be a very positive atmosphere. I still have a little bit of inherent distrust about comments and people sniping on the internet. Um, just I've been part of too many forums and other things as well. So I'm not quite ready to open up comments on the videos, but I do have a spot that I'm from now on is going to say, if you have a suggestion for a song, please enter it, who the artist is, if you can give me a YouTube link, if there's anything you want to tell me about the song, and if you have any comments, that and send an email. And I don't collect email. I don't, um, because some people don't want to share that. But then I can follow back up, and if I ever make a video... Now again, most of my videos I'm trying to make are going to be school friendly and are going to be family friendly at the very least. So, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling with one of the Adele songs right now. I started it and there's there's a spot where she has a swear word. I'm not quite sure how to handle that. I mean, I was even a little uncomfortable thinking back to last January of that You and I song by Ingrid Michaelson. There's a verse about let's do what the bunnies do, which, you know, is, is that appropriate for school? Now, honestly... I know these kids are listening to music that's way worse than I, anything that, that I'm going to be working with here. But at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm I'm following through with, with the expectations I have for myself. So there will be a new Google form for requests. Um, I hope to get some guests, and I'm going to try using the... Uh, Google Hangouts part of YouTube to visit with a couple people. Um, I know that I've talked with Chris Gilbert a number of times, and she unfortunately had a, a kitchen emergency last fall. We were going to uh, do a podcast together and give that a shot, and so hopefully uh, Chris and I can get together. Once the school year starts, it's awfully hard. Um, I haven't done any podcasts with the Music and Education Technology podcast that my friend Paul Shimmons and I do together because we just get too busy with things. So, um, But anyway, I'd like to visit with Chris Gilbert. I'd like to see if I could visit with Dr. A. Um, I may try to set up a time for Andy Ramos and I to have a chat um, while I'm down at TMEA in in uh, February. And by the way, if you're down at TMEA, I'm going to be presenting on Fourscore, which is one of my most used apps on the iPad. Uh, Andy and I did suggest a combination uh, teaching ukulele in the 21st century slash let's also have a, a ukulele jam at TMEA and we are turned down. We'll apply again next year. And Andy does live in Houston, so it's it's his own home state. I'm coming from, obviously, Wisconsin, flying out of, of Minneapolis. But uh, hopefully we'll get that next year. But I'd love to visit with, and of course, um, you know, talking with Dr. Reese perhaps at some point. And just, you know, letting you see some faces too behind these videos, because I think that's helpful too, and knowing the heart of the people that are doing it. And I don't think any of us are making any money on any of the videos that we've created, and we're approaching 800. So that's a heck of a lot of material for teachers to use, and I'm pretty pretty proud of the work that we've been doing. And I think you can use it in your classroom or as an individual or in a group setting and have a wide, rich variety of music to choose from. So it's kind of cool. Um, I'm, I would like to go back, another goal. So we've talked about using Google Forms, uh, stretching the podcast a little bit. But I'd like to make baritone versions of all the songs I've already created, and that's going to take a while. Because, you know, if I made 159 videos this year, and about 50 of them, or a little over 50 of them, were baritone, that means 276 videos to catch up on. And 
Um, I was talking with my friend Andy again, Andy Ramos again, who's makes play long videos. And I told him the other day on Facebook, and it's absolutely true that I have learned a ton of stuff from Andy. I know I helped him out too, and, and we learned from each other. So it, and, and he's a friend, I mean, instant friend when we had a chance to meet in Houston last year, but I've learned things from him too. And one of the amazingly dumb things that I learned from him, not dumb in terms of what he's doing, but what I was doing was, um, I noticed that Andy was archiving everything. So he'd make a video and they'd archive it. And I was like, well, that's kind of, you know, why, why are you doing that? And then re realized later that I've been deleting all my old videos. So if there's ever a problem or if I want to go back and make a baritone version, guess what I get to do with those 200 and whatever, 276, 280 videos that don't have a baritone vision is I have to recreate them. So, yeah, um, the third goal would be starting the process of making baritone versions of all the songs I've already created, and perhaps for some of the songs that other people have created that haven't made baritone versions of. So that's another thought of mine. Now, here's where it gets to be interesting. I've used Patreon just a little bit, and there's a couple rewards there. Um, I made a holiday... Google Sheets or Google Slides presentation. I have the first five videos. I have some other graphics and some other things, but I think I'm going to start making a chord sheet, and that's just where you have the lyrics and the chords for songs that you do. I think I'm going to start making a chord sheet for every new song, and I'm going to leave that as a Patreon reward. And I'm not sure whether I'm just going to leave that in a folder or if I should make a booklet. But what I've found is, and I think this is true of anybody making ukulele playalongs, is that when we're out there, we often look at what's existing for what are the chords that are used. But the fact is, when you start working on it, it doesn't take long to find chords that don't really quite sound right. That people have identified, other people have identified on those other sites of these are the chords for a song. So a lot of times I leave feeling like my version is more accurate, particularly with ukulele, than other versions that are online. So the idea here is maybe to offer that. And then as I go back making the baritones to add the old song sheets as well for songs that I've created. So take a look for that. You might see that in 2019. Um, now, if a song is in the public domain, I'm also open to offering to transcribing those. And typically, by the way, if you're interested, I use Notion, either on iOS or on Mac. And Notion has some great ukulele tools. And I'll be quite honest with you, um, I know for sure that Dorico, the brand new music notation software, doesn't have any such tools. And uh, Finale is just not so fun to work with I, in, in the context of tabs and chords. I'm sorry, but it isn't. And I really can't speak to Sibelius because I'm not a Sibelius user. Um, but I do know that Notion is really easy to use. It's really easy to enter notes on an iPad because you can actually pull up a ukulele fretboard and touch the ukulele fretboard for individual melody notes. Um, and entering chords, if you want to enter custom chords, so you have to do that on the Mac version of um, Notion. So anyway, I'm thinking about doing that. So if a song's in the public domain, I'll try to offer just standard notation as a lead sheet. Now there is a difference between a chord sheet and a lead sheet. A chord sheet again just has lyrics and the chords above it. A lead sheet actually shows the music notation and um, typically it will not have tablature 
because it's meant to be a lead seat for the singer with the chords on top. And I usually try to include the actual chords. So take a look for that. And uh, the other major goal, again, and this would be all for Patreon subscribers, the, the lead sheets and the chord sheets, I would like to continue to add to my sequence of methods. And in fact, I'll be doing that this year as I start teaching ukulele here in January to my own students after we reach through the first five chords. Um, I'm going to add the next chords and see what's a healthy balance. And also, if you're ever curious of how I come up with that, I recently wrote an article about looking at 700 plus songs in the collection, which chords are used most frequently. I know that some teachers like to teach all the one-fingered chords right away because kids get it, and I guess I can understand that. So they're teaching C, they're teaching um, A7, they're teaching C7, and then an F9. And then, of course, A minor as well. So they are teaching those five chords first. I don't necessarily subscribe to that because there isn't much real music that uses those five chords. So I believe in teaching the most frequent chords with one exception. And and, and I want to give away the entire method or my approach because that's part of the, the gift of what you get with Patreon, right? But in the big scheme of things, um, the most frequently chord, used chord is C followed by G. Now, it doesn't make much sense to get people... C is a great chord to start off with, I think, probably 99% of all ukulele players start with the C chord. And this, again, is a method that isn't teaching individual notes. This is a method that's teaching ukulele as it's used most of the time in the world as an accompaniment instrument. Now, my idea, again, is that if students are interested, you can introduce them to a little bit of tablature, a little bit of melody and chord melody playing. But realistically, if you go to a ukulele jam, most people aren't going to be playing melody. You might actually see me doing it, or I'll bring my ukulele bass like I've done recently. But you're not going to see people, um, you're not going to see people generally playing melody or or individual notes in a ukulele jam. What you will see is people that are playing and singing along with it. So, and especially since I'm teaching choir, where the idea is singing. What I want the ukulele to be is an accompaniment because you can bring one of these with you almost anywhere. And my little Ohana Sopranissimo, I can literally drag literally anywhere, and I, I have. So with that in mind, um, you know, but as I teach my students, I want, once I get going with those first five chords and we've covered those songs, as I enter more songs, I'm going to start developing the second set. And that order of song that order of chords has changed a little bit up to 700 songs as some of us get more adventurous and occasionally offer songs in one or two keys because we realize that there are players that want to take the next step which is one of the great parts about the always keep a ukulele in your trunk i may make a simplified version of that in the new year but the new one actually does have the um, parts that are plucked in that song and something that you can add to. So I think that covers most of what I wanted to talk about. And as I'm looking at the clock, I'm up to almost 40 minutes of material here. So um, it's a bit longer than my last one where my son joined me, although I had a lot of fun with that video and it was nice to have him with me. Uh, I think I'd like to end with a little more ukulele in your trunk. Uh, let's see, I'm going to strap up here. So here is my ukulele 
uh, strap from Uke Straps on Facebook with my Bonanza ukulele. Gotta make sure I put it on there right. Side note, um, I know Uke Straps always includes kind of a rubber grommet. I understand that some, I'm trying to remember the name of the beer bottle, but there's also a beer bottle red cap thing that also works well for it. But, um, so let's see here. I'm going to look at the last verse. If you're going to have one, okay, so this is the third verse. Um, in the version that I would make as a shortened version, wouldn't have the instrumental interlude. The instrumental interlude um, has some, especially in the original key, has some wacky chords like a C sharp minor um, and also the, the F sharp seven, um, which a lot of beginning players aren't going to be able to play. But if you take the song, and also it's really low, it starts on an E pitch-wise. So the version that I've been playing starts on a G, which is really still too low for me as a tenor. But for a lot of singers, um, it doesn't go too high then and kind of is easier to sing. So having a version in C makes a lot of sense. So if you hear a shortened version, it's going to pick up from here. Well, it's not going to pick up from here, but it will eliminate the musical interlude in the middle. All right. Gonna have one, why not have one more? And if you have a pair, why not three or four? They make everything sound happy, even heavy metal and punk. Always keep a ukulele in your trunk. Always keep, always keep a ukulele, a ukulele. Lay in your trunk, lay in your trunk. That's what I say, that's what I say. Don't fill that space with maps and jacks and boots and hats and tires and junk. Always keep a ukulele in your trunk. Have a great 2019, everybody.